Welcome back to the Lace Up and Run podcast. Just a small disclaimer here before we actually start the show. Some of the content discussed in this episode is no longer applicable. This episode was set to release a week ago today, or what would have been August 23rd. We wanted to get some trail running content out there for the listeners as we were approaching the Shawnee Hills 100 race date. Well, as many of you uh, probably know, especially the local listeners, that event has came and gone in the meantime. Here are the reasons why. Approximately one year ago, someone or some organization out of China hacked our website and took it down. After spending some significant time and some significant financial coinage, we were able to work with SiteLock Security and get the site restored, which it has worked flawlessly for the previous year now. Well, this has happened to us yet again. We started experiencing difficulties with the site about two weeks ago, and those difficulties grew to the point that it crashed. We have been trying to transition RTS Sports over to RTS Outfitters, and basically all of that work was wiped out. It also had uh, some effect on the Wicked Pig Ultra Race page, which you will also hear about in this episode. So, after round two with SiteLock Security over the last week or so, I believe we have been able to restore much of it and um, now working on getting everything where it should be and needs to be. So if you visit the RTS site or the Wicked Pig race site and it isn't completely current, I assure you I am working diligently on getting everything restored. Regardless, there is some content for everyone in this episode and I hope you enjoy it. We'll see y'all next time. This is Morgan Davis. Hi, this is Stephanie Page. Howdy, folks. This is Sean Gossman with Hiking with Sean. Do Lace Up and Run podcast. The Lace Up and Run podcast. Lace Up and Run podcast. Hey, this is Lindsay Roberts, winner of the last Boy Scout Ultra Marathon, and you are listening to the Lace Up and Run podcast. Do you seriously think anybody actually listens to the Lace Up and Run podcast? I don't know how many. I don't know either. But a few. Definitely a few. <laughs> I always listen. Well, that's good. Should we keep that intro? I'd, oftentimes, I'm tinkering with things. You're a tinkerer. I am a tinkerer, and I should be a locksmith because I tinker with everything. I'm always thinking, maybe I can make that a little better. Or maybe I can change it a little bit. I would do one a year, like with all of your guests. So, like, keep one for a year and then redo it with all of your new guests. That, that works. Me. So that people have some familiarity, but also it stays kind of new and yeah. a few things change. I think that makes sense. Lace Up and Run Nation, that over there across the table from me back in studio, and it's been a few minutes. It has been a few. the Lindsay Roberts. <laughs> the. <laughs> Don't you have like an official Twitter handle or something? I like the don't. Lindsay, and it has a little star next to it so that people I'll, know it's like the real person. I'll see if I can get that yeah. to happen. Work on yeah. that. Work on that. <laughs> okay. Um, what's going on? Not too much. Worked worked this morning at the store. Yeah, this afternoon. Yeah. Good day. Good day. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, does it have a particular spicy smell in here by chance? Or so honestly, no I still can't really smell since I had COVID in December. So okay. I mean, I I don't know. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Do you smell a spicy smell? No, but I'm used to it. So okay, I. As you know, and some of the listening audience may know, I like to make my own barbecue rubs and spices and things. I'm fitting to smoke some ribs on Wednesday. I mean, that's fire, Jack. And I put together a fresh new batch not too long ago. So sometimes that aroma of the peppers and the whatever, you know. I just did a deep sniff of my me. White Claw, and I can barely smell it. Like, I did a pretty deep <laughs> well, sniff. So. If you can barely smell a White Claw, we're golden. <laughs> Hey, in this podcast episode, we are going to lace them up and talk about when and why you need electrolytes when training for a, in this case, a 100-mile race, because we're going to talk about Shawnee Hills, and but any race for that matter, and during the race as well, and also tap into the reasons why you should include trail running in your workout routine. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I like trail running. I like to hydrate, not dehydrate. And you know, I'm I kind of nerd out about it. So I I'm always looking at different supplements and ideas and from every aspect, not only running but weightlifting and everything else. And also in development phases of trying to develop my own. So I'm always, I I nerd out about it. So anytime I get to talk about stuff like that, I'm excited about it. Heck yeah. If you are new to the show, we believe in an active lifestyle with a primary focus on running and hiking. We cover trail running, road running, ultra marathons, hiking trails, and more. Providing shoe reviews, gear reviews, running advice, race information, and all other topics to keep you motivated and successful. If you have a couple of minutes, take the time to give us a positive review on the Apple and the Spotify in particular. Those are the two most downloaded places for Lace Up and Run. If you choose not to, that's okay. If you choose to, please make that positive. That would be great. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I mean, you do you, boo, but hey. We're trying hard here. Uh, If you want to contact the show, you can do so at laceupandrunpodcast at gmail.com. That'll go right to me. Lace Up and Run is presented by RTS Outfitters. Keep that in mind. We are slowly transitioning, but it's coming. RTS Outfitters is your specialty retail source for running, hiking, backpacking, and more. If you are a runner, walker, hiker, general outdoorsman, or just someone who is on your feet all day, RTS Outfitters offers the highest quality footwear, gear, and accessories to keep you moving forward. Visit RTS Outfitters at one of their two retail locations where you will find Mrs. Lindsay Roberts in Marion, Illinois, and Paducah, Kentucky, or online at rtsoutfitters.com, or as you have come to know it for the last four-plus years at rundosucceedsports.com. They'll both take you to the same place. Either way, it don't matter. Even when we transition, they're both still going to take you to the same place. Excellent. Um, Also online at RTS Outfitters uh, on Facebook and on the Instagram and soon to be on the YouTube. I say that every episode. You know that soon to be is subjective. It is, really. I mean, in in the grand scheme of life, you know, soon can mean a lot of things. It can. Um, I'm not sure that. Year, two years, soon. (laughs) Hey, we encourage you to shop local when and where you can, and in doing so, you're not only supporting the local business and their family, but you're supporting the local economy, which is a part of your daily life. And i got to switch screens. Bear with me here. The Lace Up and Run podcast is also brought to you by 6AM Run. Yum. Nutrition products for runners formulated by runners. 6AM Run was founded on the principles of fitness, family, and health with a focus to promote a healthy balance between life and work and improve your quality of life. doesn't matter if you run one block, one mile, or a marathon. 6AM Run products guarantee you finish. 6AM Run... <clears throat> try again, Tim. 6AM Run's all-natural blends of hydrating nutrition provide the fuel needed to achieve breakthroughs in performance. 6AM Run, run faster, run longer, and recover quicker. How'd I do on that? Great. Yeah, they were kind enough to send us some samples, and I really, really enjoyed their stuff. I do, too. Yeah, it goes down easy, and it does does what it's supposed to. I feel like we'll dive into that here in just a wee bit. We will, indeed. Yeah. Now, it's a good product, for real, Um, and soon to be available at the aforementioned RTS Outfitters. Also brought to you by the Hybrid Athlete Performance Podcast coming soon. If you're into running, hiking, backpacking, kayaking, weight training, bow hunting, yes, that is a sport, or anything hybrid outdoorsmen, check out that podcast. I'm thinking the direction for that will be maybe not daily, but multiple times a week, but in smaller fractions. Yeah. With the occasional, maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks, the longer Longer episode episode. interjected in between. Awesome. Yeah can put out more material that way. So that's a lot of topics. It is. Got to put out more content. Mm-hmm. See, I thought that went through. In the race spotlight, and this is where we're going today, um, we are now, what, six days? Six days. That's nuts. Six days. You that's, will be there. I will. We'll dive into that here in a second. <laughs> uh, six days from the Shawnee Hills 100, August the 27th. That's it. Reg is still open, right? I think so. Let me check on my phone. Okay. I hate to give out a code if people can't use it. I'll just babble. <laughs> What's the weather like? Um, not good. Not good? <laughs> it's going to be close to 90 on Saturday. Yeah, that's pretty typical for it. today's yeah. forecast anyway. It is August. I mean, 
You have to know that going in. Oh, registration closed Friday, August 19th. Oh, you cannot use the code RTS save 10 any longer. Mm-mm. Stephanie no. Page, Laura Eriks, open this joker back up. Yeah, hey, if you send them an email, <coughs> I'm sure they will. Okay. Yeah, you go ahead and give the code. Well, just in case, mm-hmm. it's a 100 mile, 100K, 50K, and half marathon, and you can use code if uh, acceptable and available. RTS save 10, RTS SAVE 10 to save 10%. It's a great race. You will be there. Tell the folks where you will be. I will. I will be at the Trig Tower aid station from about 6.30 Saturday morning to about 10 to noon on Sunday. So I'll be there for about 28 hours or so. Jeez. Probably going to sleep in my car a little bit. It takes a lot to put on a race like this. So there are multiple volunteers. How how many people will be with you? Just at Trig Tower, I'd say we probably have 10 to 15 volunteers that are going to be some of them staying the whole time some of them obviously family obligations they can't so they're going to put in as much time as they can but uh it's a good crew so you're sleeping in your car doesn't mean that when you come through this uh aid station that you're just hung out to dry there's still somebody there that's (laughs) going to take care of you yeah when i go nap in my car someone will be there to give you some (laughs) people interchange yeah yeah i mean i mean interchange like they're not there the entire 20 whatever you said eight hours yeah like I'm staying there and, in and Molly out. Falconer is staying there the whole time. And I think Jean Tincher is staying there the whole time. So there's a couple of us that are going to be there almost the whole time. And, and like Molly's going down on Friday night too. So, I mean, it's a lot to put on a race like this. Oh yeah. Gigantic. Yeah. That's just one aid station. One aid station. Just one. Yep. Yeah. Josh Tyser is a captain of an aid station, and so we're kind of competing against him to have a better aid station. <laughs> he may have dropped on Facebook that his was going to be the best, so oh. now there's a throwdown. <laughs> the gauntlet. I don't know. I'm making 200 gluten-free peanut butter mini muffins at my house tonight, so. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. And a bunch of bacon. That'll be Friday, though. Um, a lot of bacon. If you, I just want to make this clear. If you do not like bacon, you are wrong. <laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you ready to dive into the show? Let's do it. All right. Grab your glass of 90 proof and get ready. It's time for the Lace Up and Run podcast. The podcast that welcomes all ultra runners, trail runners, marathoners, and weekend warriors. Just don't show up with an empty glass. We give running insight and provide product reviews to make you a better runner. Now, get ready to lace up and run with your host, Tim Jarvis. And the lovely Lindsay Roberts. <laughs> I'm here sometimes. That guy's rude. He just he always <laughs> just focuses on me. He's male chauvinist. <laughs> you just look at me. <laughs> I got to ask you a question. Yep. So, <clears throat> you know the the 5K race. Mm-hmm. It's 3.1 miles. If you didn't know. Um, thank thank you for the information. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, some people run a 5k because they support the cause. Uh-huh. Yep. There's a lot of good charitable causes, causes, causes and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some run them because they want a PR. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's a personal record for anybody out there who doesn't know that. Some run them because it's their goal to run the entire course mm-hmm. and without walking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kudos, whatever. Yep. Some of them do it just, to and finish. I've heard, right. Mm-hmm. I've heard numerous times. I just want to finish. Mm-hmm. Just finish. And there's probably a list of reasons that I didn't take note of. Yeah. Everybody's covering the same distance, but everybody's got a different reason. You recently <laughs> had a different reason than everybody. <laughs> it was kind of a stupid reason. <laughs> take it from there. So we were, t- the Badass Lady Gang was kind of running together, and uh, one of the runners, Becky Prudeau, and I were talking, and we had mentioned that neither of us had ever thrown up in a 5K. Um <laughs> And we know a lot of people that do throw up at some point during a race, right? Or before, during, after. And you see people throwing up on the course. So I'm like, maybe this is something that we need to mark off of our bucket lists. Maybe this is something that we need to do as serious runners. You know, we need to vomit after a 5K. That means that we've really pushed hard enough, right? So we agreed to both try to do this. And the perfect race happened to be scheduled last Saturday, the River to River Runners Duo Dash, where you run as a team. 
So we were the team barfing babes. <laughs> I don't so, think I knew that part. <laughs> so our entire goal was to run so fast and so hard to, you know, to vomit at some point. It, it didn't matter if it was during, after, uh, a little bit farther after, which is what actually happened to Becky, um, but it all counted. So there was no organized rules here? No, but no like rules. Sanctioned. But we did decide that if you pooped your pants, that also counted. Okay. Yeah, because that's probably worse. So <laughs> I would rather puke. <laughs> so um, I ate a bunch of waffles and drank some coffee, drank more water than I usually would before a 5K. So I got the sloshy stomach feel. <laughs> and uh, so I was feeling already even before the race, like I was like, oh, I, I might get puke. And it was pretty humid, like just, it was the, the temperature was fine. It was really lovely. It was just last weekend. This last Saturday, yeah. 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 Um, but it was just really like feeling like moist in the air, like humid. And even during the warm up, we did like a little over a mile warm up and I was like, oh, this, this is going to be nice. It was nice and steamy. So I was going to really get to slosh that stomach around with some heat added to it and just see what happened. So um, we started the race and uh, the course was a little bit shorter um, when it was previously. So Jim made it longer. <laughs> so it's now definitely 3.1 miles or a little bit over. And um, so we're running along. I'm pushing pretty good. I did the first mile at like 6.53 or something. And I was actually feeling pretty good. There was like minimal sloshing. And then it got pretty bad pretty quick. <laughs> uh, something happened like about two miles in where the sloshing and it was not very pleasant. Um, but I really didn't want to puke during the race because I was running a pretty good race. So I was like, I'm just going to keep, you know, keep rolling and see if I can keep pushing. And you know, finish and then puke. Cause that would be ideal to puke after you cross the finish line. And so I, I made it to the finish line without puking, thankfully. And so I kind of walked over a couple feet and Becky was like, no, 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 come over by these trees. Very smart. Like you don't want somebody puking right at the finish line. <laughs> so she kind of ushered us on over and we were pretty much side by side the whole race. Um, so we both finished in like 22 something. And, um, so we go over and we lean on these trees and I put my butt against it and I lean over and I, nothing was coming out. So I made myself start retching because <laughs> I was like, I don't <laughs> want to have this goal again. So I'm sitting there like trying to do it. And finally the waffles come up and the splatter is golden. Like it is be like it, you can hear it for, for miles. <laughs> so Becky's like, I hear you, you win, <laughs> but she couldn't puke it. So we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to do this next year. So both barf and babes barf. So we were a little stressed out about it. Uh, she kept trying. She thought that maybe hearing me would cause it, uh, but nothing, nothing. You know, so we're like, okay, it's not going to happen. You can't make this stuff up. We're like, okay, it's not going to happen. So we walk back to her van. You know, we're getting a drink of water or something, and she bends over. I don't know if it was to take off her shoe or retie her shoe, and all of a sudden her banana comes up like surprise vomit. <laughs> so she didn't. She wasn't even expecting it. And it was right by somebody's truck. So she's, she gets a wet wipe and puts it over it. She was like, that's the best I can do. But yeah, so she, she vomed her banana. I vomed a bunch of waffles. So we are officially the Barfing Babes. We did also win the female to female team first place. So we barfed and we won. So winners of females uh -huh. and mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. So check that box. Hopefully yep. never puke after a race again. It wasn't my favorite thing. My throat burned for hours. All right. So okay. just to just to summarize here, because this is important. Mm -hmm. Recap. Mm -hmm. Recap. You you can <laughs> you can do a five k to pr. <laughs> you can do a five k to run the entire thing without walking. You can do a five k to just finish the damn thing. Or you can do a five k to just puke your guts up at the end. Yep. Or <clears throat> somewhere along somewhere the along process. the way. Yeah. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's done. That that will be a perfect segue into our hydration segment of the show. <laughs> See, I overhydrated intentionally to get the sloshing. You do not want to have the sloshing. It's a fine balance. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Is it still held at the park? Mm -hmm. park? The Heron yeah. Park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Lovely. I ran that. Um, gosh, going back a number of years, Mary and I did it together mm -hmm. when Tony McSannick was the race director. Gotcha. So that's been a, it may have been a Mm -hmm. You got it. It might have been before you were even into running. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, 
it's now the fallout duo dash um it's not in the spring anymore but it's a great race if you've got a partner that you want to run with they've got female female male female male male team so they've got all kinds of different categories and it's it's a really nice uh flat fast course i think so it's a good one yeah if it's the same course it was back then and which i'm sure it is um i mean there's it's as flat as you can ask. Yeah. It was yeah. like maybe 63 feet of gain total. So still so go up through bad. the cemetery. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. As you're running, you're like, if yeah. I die, look, I get just buried here. Just crawl yep. into a grave. Just roll right <laughs> over here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We want to talk hydration so I can nerd out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the idea behind this was kind of to do hydration planning for heat because and a 100-mile race. And the, the reason behind that was because 100-mile race coming – this weekend. This weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't take information from this and apply it towards Half other marathon. races as well. Anything. 10K. Right. Anything. Yeah, anything. Um, but also planning for the heat because I mm-hmm. think the forecast right now says 87, and that's without the heat index. That's right. just straight heat. And, and it's there's some tree cover in that that really traps in moisture, so that race is so humid in some sections. Right. It's like you're swimming through the air. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'll start off by asking – how does Lindsay Roberts hydrate when she's going to do a hundred mile or fifty or could be any course for that matter? But yeah, um, so I actually start out kind of paying attention to both what I'm drinking and eating three to four days out um, for a hundred mile race in the heat. I would probably start now, um, just making sure that I'm drinking. Um, uh, at least 16 ounces of water every few hours, just thinking about it constantly checking what color my pee is, you know, like, am I peeing clear? Am I peeing yellow? Like, where is my body at? Just really kind of zeroing in on what your body's currently doing. And if you need to like take any electrolytes, balance anything out, just really pay attention to how you're feeling. Um, so I'll just do kind of water at that point, just kind of 16 ounces of water every couple hours, um, five to six days out. And then once we get about three days out, I'll start doing Pedialyte or liquid IV or something like that added in um, a few of the drinks a day, not every single one. Lord, you do not want to drink Pedialyte or liquid IV all day long, but just <laughs> add, it into a no. Few, <laughs> add it into a few of the drinks just to make sure that you're not drinking so much water that you're getting an electrolyte imbalance because that has happened to a lot of people. Even with a 5K, people are like, oh, I have a race tomorrow. I'm going to drink a ton of water. I'm going to be really hydrated. You know, the morning of the race, they drink some water, some more water. They're going to be really hydrated. And then they run the race and they're way over hydrated. And that can also cause an electrolyte imbalance. Um, so you want to kind of make sure that you're listening to your body. You're watching what your body's doing. And everything is go for launch on race day. Not too much, not too little, just right. Now, what about during race day? I take in for a hot race like the one this weekend on really, really tough trail. I mean, I would be dripping elbow sweat waterfalls this weekend. Like it would be a sweat fest. And so then I am constantly drinking tailwind. Um, So I do a dilute mixture of tailwind. So I'll put half of a packet, one of their like to go packets. I'll do half of a packet, which is 100 calories in 500 milliliters of water, which is about 16, 17 ounces of water. So I'll do one of those every hour because I'm so kind of stressed to the max with in, ter- in terms of hydration. Um, so, And then I also will throw in a salt tab uh, every now and then. If I feel like I'm getting a little bit dizzy or I'm feeling just the tiny bit crampy, that's the thing. As soon as you feel like something's a little bit off, do not wait for it to get worse. Like if you're starting to feel just a twinge of a cramp, take some salt pills. Don't wait till, you know, you're way too crampy and take five. That's or not how that works. Or sodium, period. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something, you know, pickles. Yeah. Uh, the salty chips at the aid stations are great. So you don't have to have tailwind and salt tabs. You can go with what they have at the aid station. Anything salty would be, would be really good. And my advice would be <clears throat> aid stations are crucial, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're out there for a reason. Utilize them. But don't, don't, I've seen this happen before with some runners that you, including me, um, where you, you come into the event and you solely rely upon, well, I'll be fine. There's aid stations out there. I'll get what I need at those aid stations. Yeah. Come prepared. <laughs> Have what you need just in case because you never know, right? Yeah. I mean, you may approach an aid station and you're in need of sodium and it not be there. You know, yeah. and, and this so make sure you can handle yourself on the course. Exactly. You know, and supplement with each of those aid stations. That's my opinion. I mean, you may differ, but. No, I always have uh, in my drop bags, I always have a ton of extra stuff just in case. 
Um, and this race in particular, if you are not carrying a handheld or wearing a vest or a waist pack, something, um, the area between Jackson Falls and Cedar Grove Road, you are going to regret it every second. Um, it's too hot to go that mileage without something on you. Saw multiple racers last year that weren't carrying anything. Um, it's really dangerous because it may only be seven to eight miles, but it is a really tough seven to eight miles and no hydration at all during that point will wreck the rest of your race. So even if you hate carrying something, you got to carry something on that section. In a 90 degree day with humidity. Well, yep. You yeah. got to do it. It just takes yeah. too long to get through. It's not like seven miles on the road. Yeah. So, yep. There's just, you got to kind of know the race and know the terrain a little bit too, to kind of plan out your hydration. So if you can look at a map or talk to somebody that's done it. Um, just try to do that as well so that you kind of get a little bit more info and you can plan for yourself a little bit better. Would you recommend the runners this weekend at the Shawnee Hills 100 maybe take the Morgan with them? (laughs) I mean, I think everybody should just create their own Morgan, which just means throwing a bunch of stuff together and seeing what happens. Yeah, so I I, I want so badly to replicate it and put it out to the market, but you can't replicate it because no, it every version every of the Morgan is different. Yes, it changes every time. I mean, you might start with grape Kool-Aid <laughs> and you need a little bit of color. So you add some paprika, <laughs> throw in your salt. So you get your sodium, a little texture. So you add some dirt, <laughs> you got to have some dirt. You want You want a little bit of a spicy flavor to it. So maybe a little cayenne pepper. And yeah. of course you got to have fireball. That's for sure. That's, that's probably the, the actual starting point for the Morgan. You start mm-hmm. with the fireball and then add everything to it from there. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, um, the, the funny thing about fireball and people are going to hate me, but this weekend don't do any don't fireball do guys. Don't do it. <laughs> Dehydrate. And, uh, I would stop drinking alcohol for a race. Like if you're doing the 50 K 100 K 100 miler, 50 miler, whatever, like if you're doing those extreme distances, I would stop drinking any kind of alcohol three to four days before the race. That's what I always do. No alcohol whatsoever. And, and during a race like that, that's that hot. It's just dehydrating, and it's going to have a negative impact yes. on you. Yes, as much as I hate to agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm just too hot to for agree it. With you. Winter races, um, fireball it up. You know, I am I am on board with that. This race, no, no, no. Yeah. The only time I've ever ran into something I would disagree with is the St. Jude Marathon. It's a winter time race, mm-hmm. but it seems like the whatever I don't know three years I did it or whatever. Every time you toe the line at that damn race, it's 80 plus degrees in December. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it's supposed to be a wintertime race. Yeah. So I'm, that's, that's, I kind of default mm-hmm. to that. I got gotcha. you. I, I don't pay attention to the temperature. I'm like, no, it's a wintertime race. I can have fireball. I don't have fireball, but I'll, I'll drink the whiskey, whiskey and the beer and the things that they <laughs> offer you on the course. So, yeah. <clears throat> you can get away with that because it's December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can. Yep. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. And also, um, I was looking for approval. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a little bit of of a weird thing, but like, don't absolutely feel like you have to hold your pee to the next aid station. Pee on a tree, um, because you really don't want to stress out your kidneys any more than you're already doing it by running a race in such hot weather. So if you feel like you need to urinate, don't save it till the next aid station. Like if you've got that, you know you feel like that urge that you need to pee and it's still four miles to the next aid station, that's over an hour on that terrain. So just go ahead and let loose in the woods, guys. Everybody's doing it. Yep. <laughs> Everybody pee on a tree. You will not be the first nor the last. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I've probably already peed there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and caffeine is also dicey sometimes. We talked about alcohol, mm-hmm. but too much caffeine will also dehydrate you. So... I always have to do caffeine in a hundred miler. I feel like it kind of recenters me and refocuses me at night, but I try to wait till pretty darn late. Like I probably wouldn't be taking it till at least after midnight the first night. So I, I just try to use caffeine sparingly when it's this hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to have a cup of coffee. That means because there's caffeine and, yeah, and hydration this, the products honey too. Stingers. Yeah. yeah. Just pay attention yeah. if you're using the caffeinated honey stingers, caffeinated tailwind, if they're getting a lot of Coke, at the aid stations, Coke is a super popular ultra drink, but the sugar and the caffeine can kind of wreck your race if you get too much of it. Yeah, so. that would mess me up. Yep. Let's talk electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And this is where I was kind of super Nerd excited. The, the conversation you and I had earlier today, I was all in, but I was like, I don't want to get too deep into this because <laughs> we can talk about it later. 
if you, I mean, it's uh, should be a common knowledge, but if you sweat a lot during your workout, you need electrolytes. Yes. And if you're running the Shawnee Hills 100 this weekend in 87 degrees or whatever it ultimately ends up being, plus the heat index, you're going to need electrolytes. Yes. There aren't many products on the market as we we're talking about today with some of the various things that are out there, including our title sponsor here with 6AM Run, who just have a, and I'm not picking on them because they make a great product. They do. And I want to talk about the marathon product and the sprint product, but um, sodium, potassium, magnesium, crucial. Yep. You've got to keep those balanced. Otherwise, you're getting into crazy heart, uh, crazy heartbeats, um, dizziness, nausea. So you got to keep all of that in check. Yes. Um, sodium, just in a nutshell, I mean, I'm just going to summarize it and you can pick up from there, but sodium helps you retain fluid. And I always think about this with my mother-in-law because I, as we talked about already earlier with the ribs, I like to grill. I'm a grill machine. I love, <laughs> that's my thing. I love to do it. It's running and bow hunting and grilling. You just described me. Um, but she always says, hey, when you cook my steak, please don't put any salt on it because I retain too much fluid when I yep. when you put salt on it. Okay, I get that. But when you're out there on the course losing all of that fluid. And that the sodium salt, in your sweat. You want that salt to retain your fluid. Yep. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not perfect with science here. I, I'm not into it for the science. But from my understanding, you're looking for about 300 to 400 milligrams of sodium in roughly 20 to 24 ounces of water intake. You want to retain that fluid. You don't want to sweat all that fluid out. That's It's so crucial. Sodium is such a huge part of your electrolyte intake. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, hyponatremia is, is a terrible thing to go through. That's just having not enough sodium because you're only drinking water. So if you get out on the course and you're only drinking water, but you keep sweating, so you're sweating out water and your electrolytes, you're replacing the water, but not the electrolytes. And that is a huge imbalance. So you have to make sure that you're taking in some electrolytes. Yes. Equals no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> potassium. So what does potassium do? It balances the sodium and helps with muscle contraction. So where do you get your potassium when you're out there? If there's not a product that offers you both sodium and potassium, where are you getting that from? I eat so many bananas. <laughs> so I was thinking you were going to go with yep. that. Um, so there, I know that my aid station will have bananas. Um, I always have two emergency bananas in every drop bag. Um, just make sure that they're in something hard because <laughs> a banana in a drop bag sometimes does not end well if it's not encased in something <laughs> hard. But yes, um, bananas are great for that. Yeah. I have a little bit of an issue with that. I, I love bananas. Um but bananas don't love me. Um, I don't know what it is. There's something with my stomach that when I eat a banana, it totally, I, I get pain in my oh, gut. Oh, no. Okay. So what do you do? I, get, I eat bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just suck it up and go with it. But, suck it up, buttercup. But they, I get cramps. I, I don't know what. Dang. There's something about a banana that just, and it always has been. This yeah. isn't a new thing. I, I've been dealing with this since mm -hmm. forever. But. I can usually do better with a banana if I don't start with an empty stomach. Like, I can't get out of bed in the morning, and the first thing I do is have a banana. That will ruin my day. Now, if I eat a couple eggs or a cup of yogurt or I, whatever, you It'll know, or, well. or a Reese's peanut butter cup, um, <laughs> I can have a banana after that and be fine. Gotcha. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Magnesium. Without enough magnesium, muscles can't relax, um, which can lead to cramps. Low magnesium causes a buildup of lactic acid, which can cause post-workout pain and tightness. And you have to have all three, calcium, magnesium, um, sodium, and potassium for your muscles to contract correctly. Correct. So uh, you, you, you got to contract those muscles in a race. I had calcium on here, but I decided to leave that off just because I didn't find it as crucial as it's those, not, those yeah. first three, but um, you're right. I found more sources of potassium for people that can't eat bananas. 
Throw it out there. You the throw potatoes. It, you throw it out there and I'll pick it up. Potatoes. We'll have mashed potatoes out at Trig Tower. Oh. So white potatoes and sweet potatoes are also really good for potassium. I can tear so, up some mashed potatoes. So there you go. So if you hate bananas. I don't hate them. Okay, if you can't process bananas with your body <laughs> without pain <laughs> and coconut water. Okay. So potatoes and coconut water. We'll do you Together fine. or separate? Uh, Either or, I think. Weird. I don't, I don't, ooh. <laughs> coconut water potatoes wouldn't be that good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Maybe you can make mashed potatoes with coconut water instead of milk. Nah. <laughs> not, not, no. Not getting that, not, not no, doing it. No, okay. not buying okay, what you're fair selling. Enough. Fair enough. No. Mm-hmm. Point of this is <laughs> don't, don't skimp on the electrolytes. They're yeah. going to save your ass out there in it. It, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to be doing, like we said earlier, you don't have to be doing a hundred miler. Mm-mm. I mean, in this half kind marathon of, in this heat, this kind yeah. of heat, you you've got to have electrolytes. Yep. So ten k even. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yep. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium. Those are your bread and butters mm-hmm. of electrolytes. I mean, that's if, if you didn't know already, that defines electrolyte. Yep. Yep. And if you um, if you take care of your body, you know, if you're paying attention to what it needs, generally your body will work for you. So just keep an eye on what's going on. Don't kind of zone out and just say, oh, that hurts, and don't think about why. Or, oh, I feel a little weird, and don't think about why. Immediately kind of think through scenarios about what could be going wrong because you've got to start troubleshooting at the very hint of something in a, yeah. in a race this hot. Of course, so. of course. Mm-hmm. So let's talk 6 a.m. run. Yeah, I like their stuff a lot. I do too, and I, I – I love the sprint formula and I've, I've had the sprint and the marathon, mm-hmm. um, and a, a couple others, but just focusing on sprint and marathon sprint is the pre-workout Yep. and the marathon is the post-workout. Yep. If I recall correctly <laughs> or marathon, you can kind of use as an all day thing. You can, you're yeah. correct. Uh, in the manner in which I used it, I used the sprint formula for the pre-workout. I have nothing negative to say about it. I had all of the energy that I needed to do what I was doing. I hands took down. It and went out and got a Strava segment and I wasn't even trying. Right. <laughs> uh, hands down, it was awesome. Now, I, because I was testing, when I got done with the uh, workout, I went to the marathon formula to do as a post workout. Now, in the interest of transparency and honesty, I don't know if it worked or not. Mm hmm. It either worked or I was still feeling really good from the pre-workout. Gotcha. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't remember which, but the the good thing is, is I had no negative from any of it. Mm-hmm. So love the stuff. Love, love the, the stuff. stuff. Yeah. And a lot of their stuff is like BCAA, so branch chain amino acids. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have as much electrolyte stuff, which is why we didn't right. mention it for the um, hydration aspect of it. But for right. recovery, for strength, for energy, the 6 a.m. stuff is amazing. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. So I'm probably going to do both from now on. <laughs> hey, why not? I have the uh, vitamin coffee samples here, so I can either hook you up with that yes, please. today, mm-hmm. or I can get them to you later in the week, today. whichever works, but today. we'll we'll take care of that. So <laughs> I'm excited sh- to try that. Make sure you try them out. It's a big deal. Hey, it may be. And as 6 a.m. run says, for the listening folks, don't treat their vitamin coffee as if you're drinking a pot of Folgers coffee. You don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> bad, bad things will happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Try to stick to this one cup, maybe. You want to move on to trail running? Yeah. Have we covered everything with the... I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you were running the shawnee hills 100 this Mm -hmm. weekend i mean have we nailed everything that Lindsay's thinking would be doing i mean do you want to talk about diet just a tiny bit we can just clean it up a couple days before the race like uh i wouldn't go out and eat a large pizza you know a couple days before the race just kind of get stuff that's pretty easily digestible that you're not stressing out your system um just kind of think about it a few days before just all of the choices that you can make to improve your race no large pizza not don't eat a whole like large pizza by yourself you can eat like a slice or two but like don't like pack in a ton of calories because you're just stressing out your system you don't need that many calories even when you're running your body physiologically can only process 250 calories an hour so that's what you're trying to hit i know i know if you go out there and you're running and you eat a large pizza you're going to process 250 calories and the rest of it is just taking up space i've been i say i've been hornswoggled (laughs) 
I agree. I've been hornswoggled. So, yeah. So, that's just a couple other little know. tidbits. Just, yeah. Keep an eye on yeah. everything. Just try to, like, get your How body. How many calories do you take in usually on a 100 250 miles? an hour. Did you say that a second ago? No. Okay, good. Um, well, I mean, I didn't say the whole race, but whatever 250 an hour times 22 to 29 is. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you go past that point, really, you can't do anything with it. You're just taking up space and stressing out your gut. All the blood, you know, flows away from your stomach and your intestines to your muscles. So, you can't really digest a lot. So, just keep an eye on how much you're putting in because 250, uh, 250 an hour is what you're shooting for. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, trail running. So, I, I came up with, well, it was a little bit of help. I did some research, but... Regardless, I have six reasons why I believe you should add trail running to your diet. Oh, I didn't have reasons. I just like it. That's okay. You just, you, I'll give my six and okay. you feed off of what I say. How about okay. that? Okay. And add Deal. your own. Deal. You want to do that? Deal. All right. <clears throat> I personally would give up road running in a heartbeat just to trail run exclusively. I've almost done that, actually. <laughs> you have a trail so, around your house. I do. So, so yeah, I we have too. We have 20 acres here, and we have trails running all over the place through here now, and I've spent quite a bit of time um, putting them in. But I, I would rather put on my Ultra Lone Peaks and go hit these trails out here, or trails anywhere else. It don't have to be right here, versus pound pavement. Any day of the week. All day, mm-hmm. yeah. And... That's kind of just where I'm at, and I'm not knocking the folk who don't do that. I'm just saying, since we're on the topic of Shawnee Hills 100, a handful of days from now, we're talking about hydrating for Shawnee Hills, and this happens to be a trail race. So we'll talk about reasons why you should be trail running. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it makes sense. Number one, what I've got here. Just go by what Tim's got. Okay. Number one, engages a wide range of muscles in a dynamic way. Faux show. Yeah, well, when I got into trail running, I parts of me were sore that I didn't even know I had. Yes, <laughs> yes. And why is that? Because you have unpredictable terrain, and terrain changes, and you're stepping on rocks or roots or crossing creeks. Uh, you know, so there's some jumping. There's some, there there are a plethora of different changes that we probably couldn't name them all in a podcast, but. Versus just a very flat, hard surface that doesn't change, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it just the the core that you have to use to stabilize your body as you're, you have one foot that's kind of off balance, right, on the ground at one time when you're on, like, really rocky terrain. So that core is constantly engaged. You're almost never relaxed during a trail run. You know, the road run, I can go off, you know, zone out my mind, kind of zone out the body, just let it go. like technical trail running I can't do that your mind is always focused you never get bored because you're always trying to figure out where your foot is going people are like don't you get bored in a hundred mile race I'm like I'm just trying not to whammy you know like it's every foot if anybody's gonna whammy it's you yep (laughs) (laughs) yep so uh the, and trail running doesn't have to be super technical terrain. You know, if you want a softer surface. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no, if you no. want a softer surface, just go out to like Chautauqua Bottoms in Carbondale. It is an amazing trail for a soft surface. Crab Orchard yeah. has Crab, some mm-hmm. basic yep. trails. That that one that's over there by the visitor center, I can't remember what it's called. But yep, that one too. I mean, that's as easy going as you're going to get, but you're still out there with nature and you're still doing a trail. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, you don't have to like technically be on some crazy trails to get the benefit of it. Just a little bit of movement in your foot, the extra, because every time you plant on dirt or gravel, you've got a little bit of extra movement. And so that stabilization, having to do that is better for you. Which rolls right into number two. It's almost as if you read my notes. I did not. Keep the mind sharp and engaged. Yep. And trails will do that. So it keeps the mind focused on the changing terrain. It keeps the mind, in my opinion, what the reason I do it is checking out the beautiful work of God's country before your eyes right in front of you. I mean, it don't get any better. Nope. And you, you don't, for me too, is I don't think about the suck factor as much. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on a road and I, that's, Say it's a half marathon and I'm running 13 miles and all I see above me is just road after road after road after road and I keep going. And I think, God, to get from here to there, <laughs> it's that's going to suck. suck. <laughs> but if, you're, if your mind is engaged on the terrain that's in front of you, you're not so much thinking about 
that end result mm-hmm. down How there. How far away that is. Right. Yeah. And I, I have, um, I rarely go out on a road run without some kind of crazy like exercise plan because I can't just go out and run really. I don't you know, like, so I'll either do negative splits or positive splits or something where I'm kind of engaged in having to pay attention to what my body's doing. So something that is like, Oh, I need to hit this time. So I need to, you know, move a little bit faster, move a little bit slower. So I kind of make it a game. If I have to road run, it's never just like, Oh, I'm going to go out and do these slog through some miles. There's always a, some kind of a goal, uh, with the road run. For me because yeah. I just can't go out there and just zone out. I want my mind to be involved. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I usually with road runs I try to think about <clears throat> I'll look ahead and I'll be like, there's a stop sign, you know, half whatever it is, quarter of a mile away. Just go to that stop sign. So I try to do them in short term yeah. things and I'll get to the stop sign. Then when I get there I'll focus okay, that mailbox. Target that mailbox. So I try to break it down into small things. Almost <laughs> like I mean it's a a really poor way of explaining probably but like i'm like i'm trying to break it down like i would a trail run where i'm super focused so i'm i'm trying to focus on get to that mailbox yep. don't think about the end result just think about mm-hmm. the don't next look at the mile of road ahead the next step along the way yeah. you know and that's whatever that is and for what it's worth but yeah <laughs> that's how i roll i like it um number three stay engaged to avoid injury <laughs> um whammies whammies <laughs> gotta keep and, that core tight in in the interest of fairness i happen to have weak ankles so for someone who is ankle injury prone i.e me um the constant focus on avoiding that on the trail because you obviously have to avoid that on the trail right all the different terrain changes that we spoke about in um number one translates over to your regular daily activities as well so as as they say in the military slow is smooth smooth is fast so and what that means is tackle it slowly until it becomes smooth and then smooth can become fast um practice you get used to stepping on those rocks crossing streams etc and i would like to think that that would translate over for when i'm going to be injury prone mm-hmm. being an idiot i mean i didn't fall a single time during last boy scout last year so i feel like i'm getting better that's a win practice makes perfect question mark (laughs) that's a winner yeah you have anything to follow up there before i move on oh just that i'm not doing last boy scout this year sadly it's okay i know and you were talking about running with more racing morgan i know can't do it can't do a pinch C six nerve bulging disc. Can't 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 risk a whammy. Even if I focus on my core, there's there's not that guarantee. Big deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. not gonna run it. No whammies. Hey, you gotta take care of your body. <laughs> you gotta take care of your body. Uh, number four. This is one that I was selfish about because I I know Strava is kind of a big deal in the running community, mm-hmm. and a lot of people camp out on Strava. I have a Strava account. I never um, see you post anything on your account. Because I don't. <laughs> it's Well, I do, but it's I pick and choose. Yeah. Um, I try to put the group run stuff on there, and occasionally if I do a bike ride or something, I'll put it on there, and occasionally I'll do a run and put it on there. But I, I use RunKeeper a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you why. For me, and it's the social aspect of it, but just for me, this is just Tim's opinion, and I pay for the – the paid version of Strava even. You and you know, don't so, even use it? No. <laughs> I support Strava okay. and I, I get it, but there are too many people and I see it all the time and I won't call out names, but people who judge other runners based on how fast they are. Oh, I gotcha. Or based on how many miles they actually do. Mm-hmm. or And I've seen it get called out. Like, you know, I, well, I did this many miles and you only did this or, you know, you're putting down nine forties and I'm putting down seven twenties and that part of it. I just, I don't want to, I don't, if if you're moving, I don't give a shit if you're doing nine forties or seven twenties. I don't care. Be moving. Like in a 5k, we're all covering the same distance. Even if you want to finish or puke, you know, so it's it's the, the it's the social side of it that comes along with some of the criticisms that go with the social side of it that bug me up. Yeah. So my number four is with trails that you have a little bit more freedom with that. Who's doing the quickest mile mindset or, um, 
who's got the most miles gained. I, of course, with trails, you're, you're more focused on that. I guess, you know, your focus with trails is more about vertical gain and how many miles you're putting down versus whether or not you did 640s or 720s or 810s or 940s or 1150s doesn't matter as much yeah you know most of that trail running is more focused on vertical gain you'll see you know i did ten thousand feet of elevation or i did mm-hmm. you know 50 miles or whatever and i i like that more you know yeah it's less judgmental to me mm-hmm. yep i mean it can get judgy and it can Just get me. dangerous for people like type a super competitive personalities that so say somebody is like kind of fighting with an injury mm-hmm. right they're not totally out but the injuries kind of get into that point that maybe they should take a step back sometimes I feel like Strava there's so much pressure to be like oh I did this many miles I posted this you know or you see other people that are doing that and you're like I can do that I want to do that and so you end up pushing yourself a little bit too hard when you're borderline injury and get yes, injured absolutely so I think that it's also dangerous in that regard if you're super competitive to just see what everybody else is throwing down because then you got to go throw down you know yeah. I personally watched, and again, not calling out names, but this is what Strava has done to this person, and in similar things to me, it changed my mindset some. And again, I'm not, I hope I'm not coming across wrong. I'm not telling folks to not use Strava, um, but use it for you yeah, and don't worry about what other you. people think. I like you know? that phrase. But I, I saw somebody um, one time, and it wasn't that long ago, um, do a run. And they did, I'm just throwing out a number, I don't remember exactly, but say they did an 840 mile. Mm-hmm. They tracked it on Strava, and then when they got done with Strava, they stopped it, deleted it, but then manually uploaded it again, you know, say it was three miles, manually uploaded their three miles into it again, but changed their pace down to a 730 or 740 oh. so that it would look better on Strava. Oh, I didn't even know you could do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> wow. So you can you can track your mm-hmm. run that you do. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. So it say it shows you that you did three point five. Gotcha. At the end. Okay. Delete that. Don't mm-hmm. save it. Delete it, mm-hmm. and then manually upload your own. I gotcha. You can change your pace all you want to in there, you know, and it. Yep. That that is. I'm just not going to fall into that trap, you know. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. All all just for somebody else to see that and mm-hmm. think oh well, he's fast you know yeah or she you know it yep. was a he in this case that's why i said he but yeah yep so i mean sometimes there can definitely be some negative things that trauma can cause but for the most part i do really like it because yeah. i love giving people kudos and just seeing what everybody's too. up to yeah i do too and that's why i stay on there one mm-hmm. i get to check out what other people are doing you know and, and i don't necessarily pay attention to their times but i they you know such and such just did a 50 mile bike ride hey that's cool kudos you know hit the kudos button you know i pay attention to that and i I do like the social aspect of it i just wish people would not be so judgmental yeah you know and try to compare what you're doing compared to what they're doing and i look at people's shoes a lot they're out there moving you know (laughs) yeah exactly let them bump yep i look at people's shoes now I didn't look at people's shoes before I started working for you. But now I'm like, if they have their gear public, uh, like yep. I can see it. I'm like, oh, you did. It's you always know, that, one of my first things. That run was amazing. <laughs> you know, what shoes are you wearing? Like, it's just kind of like another question that I have in yep. my head now. And people, like when I put what shoes I'm using, sometimes will ask me questions about them. So that's also a kind of a cool thing. It's like I get feedback on what other people are using and what they're liking. And they can kind of see what I'm doing and liking or not liking. Yep. I'm the idiot that we, we just timed that race in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh-huh. I'm the I'm the one that stands down there as I'm trying to time a race and I'm staring at everybody's shoes as they cross the finish line. <laughs> yeah, you know? yes. yeah. I've never that's, looked at people's feet so much in my life as I have the last done. ten months. Yes. <laughs> oh, number five and my favorite, being the outdoorsman that I am, scenery. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you you get on a flat stretch of roadway running wherever you're running, you're not checking out much. It's neighborhood houses. <laughs> yeah various intersections i mean even if you're running on a road through the mountains usually there's kind of an area where there's you know no nature like they've had to take the nature away from the road so that you have time to see deer you know like they've mowed it or they've used pesticides on it to try to keep it from encroaching on the roadway itself Mm -hmm. so you're more running through it you're not running in it and I like that running in it feeling when you can feel the grass hitting your leg you know you can feel the tree brush your cheek you know, when you're really, really kind of in the forest, and you cannot get that on a road. Nope, not even close. 
Um, and for me, number six kind of almost summarizes everything else, but uh, the previous five, but um, variety. There's always something new to encounter, as you just mentioned, always something new. Uh, versus just a flat sidewalk and some, or maybe a flat roadway and some various stop signs across the various intersections. You know, yep. on a trail, there's always something new, even if it's a not technical terrain one, like you mentioned earlier, with the various locations. But there's still something new. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're running. Maybe there's a lake, or maybe there's a stream, or a creek, or a, a, a different set of trees than what you had before. Maybe you just ran into a bunch of pines or. Mm-hmm. There's always something new. Yeah. The variety on trail can be really cool because you're, you know, one second you're brushing a pine tree and the next you're in sand. (laughs) It's just, it's kind of cool. Agreed. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, This is where we move into the shoe spotlight segment, but I didn't put a shoe spotlight down. Do you have anything? So we've we've got all kinds of new stuff. So we have the new Saucony Endorphin Speed. We have the new Hoka Bondi. We have the new Hoka Mach. We have... I, oh, geez, the I new really, Nimbus. The yeah, we do. Um, I really like the Brooks Caldera. I know that we have mostly women's right now, but f- since we're talking about a trail race, that's a really cool shoe. Yeah. It is soft, it is stacked, but it is grippy as heck. Like, I cannot wait to take that thing out on some trails. I think it's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have men's and women's Hoka Speedgoats now, right? Some. Yeah. Some. Some of those. We're not exactly <laughs> solid on them, but we do have <laughs> We've some. We've got on some. There. All right, um, so yeah, so come in and check out the, in this case, the Brooks Caldera trail shoe. So it's their cushion-based trail shoe. They mm-hmm. also have the Cascadia. Mm-hmm. And the way I like to describe them is think of in terms of Cascadia, Ultra Lone Peak, number one trail shoe in the country, versus um, Caldera be an Olympus. Olympus. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of the way to think about those in terms mm-hmm. like that, so. Let's take a quick break if you're good with it. Yeah. All right. Did your shoes come untied? Yeah, well, drinking bourbon will do that. Fill your glass and welcome back to Lace Up and Run. Oh, yeah, and retie your shoes. We don't even have bourbon. No, drinking White Claw. Neither of us. What are you I've, drinking? It is Miller's version of the Mick Ultra, so it's Miller's 64, I think is what it's called. 64 calories? Yeah. That's nice. Yep. I switched That's not that. bad. That's not bad mm-hmm. at all. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a little segment we call Keep Moving Forward that I know Lindsay and I are both excited about. So when you hear this episode, when it reaches your iTunes or your Spotify or your whatever the hell you listen to this on. Wicked Pig Ultra Race will be open. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, in the interest of transparency, I would recommend not registering right away because I'm going to run a Labor Day sale. Oh, Labor Day sale. Yes. So, Wicked Pig Ultra presented by RTS Outfitters and Shawnee Adventure Races. Shawnee. Yes, yes, yes. So, break it down. What are, what are we doing here? I, I've got it all printed out, but I'll, yeah. I'll give you the spotlight here. I mean, Wicked Pig is going to be wickedly awesome. We're going to start in Elizabethtown, Illinois, right on the Ohio River. And we are going to run 60K, yep. so 37.3 miles yep. on the River to River Trail. Year one. Year one. Yep, year it's one. Crucial to know yes, that year so one. You're gonna if if you do this for all four years, you will have completed the entire River to River Trail. All of it. Statewide. Mm-hmm. Ohio, Ohio to, to Mississippi. Mississippi. Yep. So the first year is a 60k. You're gonna run to the Benham Ridge Trailhead, um, where you're gonna be met with uh, pulled pork. You betcha. Grilled, but wait, smoked. It will be it will be wickedly. <laughs> 
smoked pulled pork (laughs) at the finish line um you'll have bacon at every aid station the trails are going to be as clear as they can be i plan to do the whole 50k three times um before the actual other whole 60k three times before the actual race in december just to make sure that everything is cleared up i mean i might four is a nice round number number, yeah. yeah so go out there and just do it several times make sure that it's as clear as you for you guys as possible it's still running in the shawnee so it's still going to be tough, <laughs> but yes. you're going to pass lakes. You're going to pass overlooks. You're going to pass uh, beautiful bluffage. Um, it's going to be great. So it's the first year is probably my favorite, I guess, segment of okay. the course um, because we're running through Garden of the Gods and we're also running through One Horse Gap area. So all of that is nice. just fantastic. We have had a, a what I would call amazing um support and help cooperation from river to river trail society um you know the uh, forest service everybody has Mm -hmm. been on board this is it's gonna be great it's happening it's awesome yeah Yeah. and the river to river trail society is going to do one of the big aid stations so thank you to them absolutely and of course this will be a benefit for them we're gonna throw proceeds back to them for everything that they do to keep this trail maintained clear of debris right. <laughs> doing what they do yeah, and they that's do awesome so we we owe it to them to give back mm-hmm. yep um so december 10th yes why did we pick december 10th because it's wickedly awesome it is wickedly awesome that's the best <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna go with because you know the horses aren't beating the shit oh, out of the trail and yeah. <laughs> not yeah. rutted up and mm-hmm. as so much the, horse maneuvers there won't be any horses on it which is Really good because horses have the right of way. So if we were to hold a race at the time that the horses are on the trail, then you would have to get off the trail anytime you encounter a horse. That doesn't, that's not very conducive to forward progress. Um, yeah. So we're holding the race at a time of year when the trails will be in a little bit better condition than they normally are through the summer. No horses on them. There shouldn't be as much flow through the creeks and the Ohio and the Mississippi should be low. So we won't have any issues with the, uh, with the start and ends. Wicked Pig. So I, I came up with the name Wicked Pig for a variety of reasons. Um, one, because feral hogs, whether people choose to believe it or not, feral hogs are in the Shawnee National Forest and um, as well as other places. Now, the the Forest Service doesn't deny that, and they are trying to get a grip on that. Yes. Um, as well as the state IDNR. But came up with that because of that, because of my... Um, fascination with smoking. I love bacon. Not, and that doesn't mean smoking. Like, I'm like <laughs> lighting up a Marlboro here. I mean, we're talking sm- smoking pork. Some meat. Um, so we will have pulled pork at the finish line, um, and we we're gonna have our wicked ways about us. But it's gonna be wicked in a fun way. Yes, it will. So if for some reason we have to pull you off the course, we will make sure we know that we nailed your ass. <laughs> It'll be things like that, you know, just It'll having be a great, having a good old time. Um, so year one, as you mentioned, will be a 60 K from Elizabethtown to Benham Ridge. Uh, year two will be, uh, also roughly 60 K. Roughly. Yeah. yeah. Um, which will be, I mean, that will go to what Cedar Lake. I think it is. Uh, campground. It's Benham and Ro- Benham Ridge road to yeah, the Cedar, Cedar Lake, Lake right. campground. Yeah. Year three is going to be around 41 miles, give or take a little bit. Uh, that will take you to the Rocky Comfort area. Um, Rocky so you're down, Trailhead. down yeah. by um, you're down by the wineries there, right? Blue yes, Sky Winery, yes. Yeah. And then year four will take you from Rocky Comfort, obviously, to the Mississippi River, which is another forty-two ish. That's miles. gonna be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do all four, which if you don't, you're just not as wickedly cool as everybody else. Um, you do the entire the entire it's River so River cool. Trail. Yeah. I mean. Yep. Can it get any better than that? And you can get the patch that the River River Trail Society sells, you know, that shows that you did the whole trail. Hey. So, and they're looking to get memorabilia as well to for people that have completed the trail. So That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. So how do you do this? Well, you go to wickedpigultra.com. That's where you'll find everything that you need to know. Now, bear with me. So we... I have got it to the point. I'm going to activate it tomorrow when this show goes live. I will activate all of the changes that I've made to the site. Now, I got it to the point that it is ready to go live, but not complete. So if you click the little page that says uh, aid stations, 
it may not tell you where every single aid station is going to be. Just message me Just any yet. <laughs> Just yet. <laughs> I got it far enough along. We can open this joker up and we can have a wicked pig ultra. Woo-woo! Okay. Let's be honest with that, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Secondly, there will be a sale over Labor Day weekend. So if you want to sign up at full price t- starting tomorrow, by all means, please do so. I love your money. I am wicked about that. But if you want to save a little bit, we'll run a code, and you can do that. What do you want to call the code? Throw it out there. Wicked labor. <laughs> wicked labor? It's a labor day. Oh, yeah, day. it is labor day. Okay. It's labor day, right? We'll go with that. Remind me of that here in a minute. <laughs> wicked labor will be your code, and that will save you some money if you sign up up front. And, of course, the closer we get to the event, the more that fee is going to be to sign up. So. Yep. You'll want to do that over Labor Day weekend, yep. or if you want to give me the full amount up front, mm-hmm. I love your wicked money, so sign up. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> there will be bacon, because if you do not love bacon, you are wrong, and there will be pulled pork at the finish line, and we're going to have a good time, and yeah. it'll be wicked. It's. I mean, the the first section is, it's so beautiful. It's it so is. Beautiful. It really it's is. It's hard. There's a lot of gain. There's a lot of descent. It's hard, but it is gorgeous. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? No, just come and do it. It's so rewarding. Just, just do it. Yep, just do it. All right. Well, then in closing, y'all know what to do. Lace them up and get after it and keep moving forward. Unless you're halfway through a 100-mile race or your bourbon glass ran empty, then you're ready to click play on the next episode. Already caught up? Then have your glass ready and join us next week for another epic episode of Lace Up and Run. Run.